Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Welcome to this week's episode of Welcome Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. We're here. Thank you for joining us for episode <laughs> 110. We are somehow still here. We have not completely lost our minds. Um, the chaos has remained, though. Although we did spend the last hour and a half talking about how we basically have lost our minds. Okay, that's true. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> But <laughs> we need to know. They're entitled to know, okay? They need to know the truth about us. Oh, no. They don't need to hear everything, but they need to know the truth that we're completely <laughs> falling apart. We never promised we would be role models here. We just promised oh, we would talk. Gosh, no. And <laughs> we will talk about anything and everything, including all the problems. <laughs> if we are your role models, you need to reevaluate your life. Because we are not Please. the ones to be looking up to or emulating in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Honestly, I've always kind of found role models to be a little weird. Like, everyone used to ask you, like, as a kid, like, who's your role model? I'm like, I don't have those. I don't know what I'm doing in this world. It doesn't make any sense for me to try to be like anyone else because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but if you guys want role models, you're more than welcome to have them. Just not us. Don't put me mm. on that list. <laughs> we sh- we do not put people on pedestals. We there is no need for that. We're all just blobby masses in this universe. I can't even climb up to a pedestal at this point. Like I'm so exhausted. I'm just like if the pedestal is not the ground or my bed, like I don't Max, want it. It can be about two feet high, and I will bend over and just collapse on it, and that's all you get from me. Like <sighs> my dead weight. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on to the episode. Corrections Corner. We probably missed something, but we don't have any notes today. DMS if we missed something. We are thrilled to be new members of the Dialogue Podcast Network. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Dialogue, Dialogue is a collective of independent and interesting podcasts who promote thoughtful, respectful, and engaging inquiry and discussion into all aspects of the LDS tradition, thought, arts, and culture. You can support our podcast and others in the network by subscribing at dialoguejournal.com. Subscribers receive special benefits like ad-free episodes and bonus content. You can learn more at dialoguejournal.com. So check it out. All right. So today, as you know, we are addressing religious trauma. So as we do dive in, we do just want to put in a quick trigger warning because it's trauma. We'll be discussing symptoms, um, signs, um, some of the background information into types of trauma and everything. So if you have any concerns or issues with this, then we invite you to wait until next week. But otherwise, for those who do feel comfortable joining in, we do hope that you guys will learn something and hopefully it's not too... Traumatic. Traumatic. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's the only trauma joke I'm going to make the entire time, I promise. Uh, Well, it's like we we start off like sounding funny and then I'm like, okay, do we put on the serious tone for all this? Because that would be like more respectful to those listening. Um, So it doesn't sound like we're making fun of religious trauma the whole time. But also like, which like we wouldn't do because religious trauma is real. Like trauma is real. Um, but also like, I laugh at inappropriate times. It's just how I am. I've never been able to take things fully seriously. I am that person who is probably going to laugh or make a joke at a funeral, even if it's someone's funeral that I am very close to. Is this a result of trauma, Tracy? Probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just know that my laughing is not ill-intentioned. It just, it just happens Yeah, when I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which for me is all the time. So <clears throat> we're going to do this. We are going to do this. So as you guys know, we are not, we're not afraid to embrace the chaos and the confusion that comes when you're both part of an organization and when you have any kind of faith. And so today we do want to address religious trauma. So as you kind of can tell, especially in this last season that we're in um, in the middle of, we're continuing to consider our constantly evolving beliefs and ideas about this organized church. 
with our leaders and everything. And so today we wanted to be able to take a chance and discuss a topic that kind of gets very much readily ignored. Um, people like to just slide, you know, trauma under the bed and pretend it's not there while it continues to grow and grow and sometimes starts to smell until you can't ignore it anymore. So we have briefly touched on this when we did um, mainly our episode on purity culture a few months ago, but we are going to dive in a little bit deeper into this um, just so that we can have a base understanding of what this is, who might have this, if you might be experiencing this, and just to better understand it. So when you actually know what something is, you can begin to understand yourself better and things that you can do to better help yourself or those around you. Yeah, this is also coming up a lot online, at least for us online, as we have been following Under the Banner of Heaven, the like yes. mini series on FX and Hulu as it's been coming out every week. Very much so. This this topic is something that keeps coming up in the discussions about it, in the episodes. There's a lot that we don't know about religious trauma, but there's also a lot that we're very fascinated by. Not like I don't mean fascinated by as in like this is exciting, but fascinated as in it's an interesting topic. We want to better understand it. Yeah, there's not a lot of definitive answers about it because it's such a broad topic as a whole, but we wanted to at least share some of the things that we've been able to find about it. And it's oddly very close to home in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, and like I've been thinking about this a lot because we are in, so Sunstone Magazine, they are LDS-based, not LDS-owned though. They do have a watch group on Facebook if you can find it and want to join. And this is a huge group filled with people who are tuning in every week as the series comes out. Um, piece by piece. And a lot of people have addressed their religious trauma. And it's been very enlightening for us to be able to understand where they're coming from, what decisions they have taken to heal themselves, and about the trouble that they've experienced that caused that trauma. Because we don't want people to have to live with trauma. And so the best way to be able to stop something is to learn about it inside and out and learn how things that can be avoided. That's, I guess that's one of the reasons like, we really want to better understand this, um, make sure that we don't have to have other people going through it, um, and how we can help ourselves and other people heal. So let's get into the basics of religious trauma. We'll start with what is religious trauma? So religious trauma syndrome, or RTS, occurs when an individual struggles with leaving a religion or a set of beliefs that has led to their indoctrination. It often involves the trauma of breaking away from a controlling environment, lifestyle, or religious figure. And that information comes from choosingtherapy.com. Let's talk about who may have it briefly. So anyone really can have religious trauma syndrome, whether they are currently still a part of their church or they have left it. Even if they left like two years ago or 80 years ago, it doesn't matter how long you've been distanced from this experience or this organization, um, you may still have that trauma. People that are coming from a religious background or experience, typically those who are walking away from it, like someone leaving the LDS church, they are leaving something organized that they have relied on for a certain amount of time and they've decided to separate themselves from it. So in losing that part of themselves, a person could face trauma as they aim to recover and rebuild themselves, including trying to figure out how, like who they are as a person, what they believe in now that they have left that organized religion, like their whole identity is wrapped up in this organized religion. So really anyone who is experiencing a distancing of religion in their lives can really experience this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I first started thinking about religious trauma, I was thinking of like, okay, someone who's been seriously hurt, you know, like a woman in the LDS faith where they don't have like a lot of power or control and they can get told about how worthless, worthless they might be as a woman, for example. And then they leave the church. That could be the trauma that they face. So that's kind of how I thought about it. And they just had to like recover from that aspect. But the more in-depth understanding I've done with it is, yeah, it, you are basically not just shedding a part that like seriously hurt you, but it can also mean that you're losing a part that really was you. You can feel like you are missing a limb as you go away. And that's something that you have to face and figure out how to live without that then. You have to learn to compensate in certain ways to deal with that. It doesn't mean that you become less than. It doesn't mean that you've truly lost a part of yourself it just means that you have to adapt so it's it's been 
a lot to learn about. Some of my friends have always equated like leaving the church to like hanging on the edge of a cliff. Like you're holding on and you're trying really hard not to fall. And then when you do fall, it's only like a foot. Oh, yeah. That you were mm-hmm. hanging off of. I see that. And so like you have this great fear of like, oh, no, what's going to happen next? What am I like? That's like the trauma response. But then after you have left and you've started reevaluating yourself and going through the process of like processing trauma, basically, you realize that the fall wasn't life-threatening at all. It was really just a foot off the ground or a foot higher than your arm's length to the top of the cliff. And so you were safe the entire time. So I always think that's interesting when I think about people leaving the church and processing this too. Mm, Definitely. I I think that's a really good analogy. And then just one thing we want to know is who can cause religious trauma. And ultimately, I mean, this goes for the same for the people who can It's the same for anyone who can cause any kind of trauma, which is any of us. Um, If we're a part of an organization that can cause trauma to other people, if we're participating in that, that can hurt people, which means we can hurt people. When we support a system and follow through with those principles, the people who are choosing to walk away from, we might have a hand in causing said trauma. Um, It is, however, we do want to know it is mainly those who are within power, who hold certain power. They are the ones who enforce the balance of understanding um, within an organization, and they can help or hinder someone in their faith journey. So like most organizations, there is a power imbalance at play within the LDS church. People, mainly men, because this is a patriarchal system, have more power and control than women and children do. Bishops and sake presidents are a perfect example of those who can or are most likely to abuse their power and weaponize their personal beliefs, intermingling them with scripture, and can cause a lot of problems for people who are struggling, experiencing a faith crisis, or are in the middle of leaving the church. What a reference to Satan. Thank you. Very intentional. I also have noticed that this is very, very prevalent. And under the banner of heaven. Yeah. Like we will discuss it when we do that episode about it. But like I watched it this week. I watched it yesterday. And I was like, this screams, screams, screams religious trauma on all fronts. I mean, obviously, because the story is horrible. But like these dudes are abusing power in the worst way all across the board. All the dudes. The Lafferty brothers, the bishops, the stake presidents, everyone is abusing power. And I'm like, I would be up in there backhanding some hoes. Like, I would just be backhanding everybody. Mm -hmm. Catch these slaps. Like, I was just reading a thread on Twitter about bullying on missions. It talks about how so many of those people end up leaving the church who had been bullied on their missions. And I was like, that is religious trauma. Like issues and abuse that is that correlates to your faith and religion, that that's religious trauma that you're going to be facing, um, that you can't escape, that you can't just brush off. Honestly, like, I mean, we're going to go into this more, but like, if I had not been a missionary there with the mission of serving Jesus Christ, everybody would have been catching my hands. People would have been catching hands left and right. Instead, they got verbal attacks from me, which are just as deadly as catching hands from me. (laughs) But um, I had to do a lot of praying and getting right with Jesus because I was like, Jesus, I'm going to throw some hands. I'm going to get sent home because I'm throwing hands and I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm going to tell the mission president I stand by my my decision. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which my mission president knew. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I love him. That's great. Good. Anyway, so... We're going to delve a lot deeper into these topics, but we did want to cover a little bit of the basics so that way everyone knows where we're going from the ground up. We all have that same knowledge foundation. Dealing with trauma is going to be very difficult for multiple reasons. Um, So we're going to try to break this down like bit by bit. And so we've posed like little questions to kind of keep ourselves on track today. So our first question is, where does religious trauma come from? So from back from choosingtherapy.com, it says religious trauma can stem from spiritual abuse. It can impact individuals differently and can have a devastating effect on someone's self-esteem, sense of self-worth, and identity. 
religion can impact the way that we see the world, and it can be easy to deny the existence of problems in the face of continual optimism and faith that a higher power will fix any challenge encountered. But this toxic positivity can lead to lasting harm. Religious trauma can lead to an individual believing that they are inherently bad or condemned, especially if they've experienced purity culture, even after they have left the religion and their previously held beliefs, end quote. I wanted to point out a couple buzzwords because we have talked about a lot of these buzzwords before. Yes, we have. So one, toxic positivity, we have talked about in the past. If you guys don't remember, go back to, I think it's in season one, was our toxic positivity episode. That long ago? I swear we did that very recently. <laughs> I genuinely do not remember any of our episodes once they've already been published. I mean, they're like, same. Same. I will be that person that says that. We have talked about toxic positivity in our episodes. I'm pretty sure it's in our perfection problem episode. So toxic positivity we talked about in season one when we talked about the perfection problem and how focusing on continual optimism and just continual like everything's gonna be okay everything's great like that's dangerous you need to actually process the negative emotions that you're having in your life the other buzzword that we said was purity culture which we've shared a lot on in our episode of purity culture in our law of chastity episode in multiple places and we're going to talk about it again today because it is all-encompassing. All of these things can really cause different forms of religious trauma, which is what we're actually going to talk about right now. So religious trauma as a whole is not like specific to one type of thing that causes the trauma. Back to another quote from that website, choosingtherapy.com, it says, while religious trauma syndrome can be different depending on the religion, practices, or beliefs, it typically has a common component of fear and emotional manipulation. Individuals may be told that they will be separated from God, face social ruin, or go to hell based on their adherence to a certain set of traditions or beliefs. Some examples of religious trauma include one, a child experiencing same-sex attraction may be told that their feelings are sinful and that they need to repent. Two, an adolescent expressing their thoughts may be physically disciplined or beaten into submission by a parent or religious leader to save their soul. Three, a young woman who finds herself pregnant out of wedlock may be subject to sanctions and be ostracized from the community or congregation. She may feel shame, confusion, guilt, or depression due to religious indoctrination or beliefs that she is a bad person. And four, a person may be told that the majority of their financial resources should go to the cause of furthering the message of their religion, causing a financial hardship, end quote. So those are just a few examples of places where religious trauma can come from. But like, I think for us too, like another way that it comes, at least from my own experience, is that perfection problem. So not being perfect, not living up to this imagined idea of what a perfect Mormon woman should look like. The fear tactics and the manipulation of, oh, well, you served a mission, so you should be more faithful than you are right now, and you should be behaving in X, Y, and Z way because you did X, Y, and Z. There's just a lot of emotional manipulation. Very much and a so. lot of gaslighting mm -hmm. that can cause this kind of trauma response in a person. Agreed. And I think it's important to highlight that a lot like from those specific examples provided is it definitely is like coming from places of power talking to those with less power about children and about women mainly. I mean, the fourth example was just a person um, has to like deal with their financial resources. Yeah, but like that does tend to be women typically who are in a harder situation and minorities tend to be in those more difficult um, financial positions that one i kind of think about scientology where Ooh. like yeah if you want to learn anything in scientology you have to pay mm -hmm. to be able to learn and grow and like go up the chain or whatever it is yeah. and the courses to learn and to get the like i can't remember what it's called but when you hold those like tin cans the yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah. um they're like thousands of dollars they're not just like Oh, here's mm -hmm. pay a hundred bucks Marcus. and you can take this course. No, it's like $20,000 for a course. You have to like triple mortgage your house to be able to afford anything in Scientology. So I always think about that too. Well, that and um, one of the 
you know, 90 plus things that Luther had a problem with the Catholic Church was the, I don't remember the word, um, but where you had to pay all the church people to be like, hey, my child just died. I want them to go to heaven. I'll give you money to ensure that they do. I know what it is. I have. To I was literally just reading about this yesterday. I was reading a piece about Luther um, because I always liked his story. Um, indulgences. That's what it indulgences, was. Indulgences. Thank you. I was thinking that. Sorry with a C. Okay. Thank you. So, and we're just we're just calling out two beliefs um, right now, but nearly every religion has done this in one way or another. I mean, people get told to tithe in the LDS church, and sometimes that doesn't work for them. Um, and they are made to feel less than, and if they're not doing it perfectly, then church leaders can say, well, you don't get a temple recommend. So everyone's going to see their issues in certain ways. Um, but all these can cause trauma in one form or another. So, and then we want to go in and dive into a few variations and types of religious trauma, because there are different types that you can face within a religion. Um, essentially there's like an overarching umbrella of religious trauma, you know, so like it can come down in many different ways and, and aspects of whatever faith you might be a part of. So we've touched on spiritual abuse. This occurs when a religious leader or more, um, or the overall system tries to control, manipulate, and degrade you. Um, this can include sexual and physical abuse. It can include emotional abuse. Um, such as gaslighting and everything. And then other examples that like dive into that are basics, like being told that you're sinful and going to hell. Like we all know about the idea of a fire and brimstone preacher, um, particularly in the 19th century, but we get told nicer versions of that in today's day and age in different churches. Experiencing shame or being told you're not worthy of love due to your thoughts or beliefs, um, or I'm going to add in your identity fear of expressing yourself or sharing your thoughts. So if you don't feel that you can really ask questions safely, or if you can talk through your thoughts safely within your church, then that's an issue. Being forced to follow your community's rules and expectations, especially like if they don't line up to you. So, I mean, for me, like that always felt like I would have to get married to a man, even if I don't love him or in all the ways I want to be able to love a person. Being marginalized due to your gender or sexuality. The use of scripture to justify abuse or injustice. Oh, mm -hmm. that one pisses me off. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's like, bad. Yes, these, the other ones make me mad, but like nothing pisses me off more than someone who tries to use the scriptures to justify their bad behavior. What you do when this happens is that you say, let me see your scriptures. And then you take them and then you hit them and run away. But yeah, it's it's highly problematic because scripture is totally open to interpretation and people will use that however they want to. And lastly, which I do think is a fairly big one, is not feeling free to leave your faith. I definitely saw a lot of like growing up, like people did not feel like they could really leave their faith. And I know people who have like wanted to leave the church, but fear that they would lose their family, friends, and community in doing so. Yeah, this is something that I feel like we actually talk about a lot in our group of friends too. There are a couple of our friends that have all said the same thing. And I, I finally like feel the same way now too, of like, if we ever left, there goes like our community, like our whole community is just gone because the thing that like everyone loves to talk about the most about the church is that no matter where you go in the world, you have a community if you go to the church because you know, the church is the same no matter where you go. You can move to a new city and you instantly have people that you know you can talk to, you can make friends with, blah, blah, blah. You, can, because you have people, you have a community, you can immediately ask for help and they are going, someone at least is going to try and help you. That's always helped me feel better and safer whenever I moved or traveled. Yes. And so like the thing is that we've all been talking about is like if we leave, that community is gone. Like that safety net is gone. So like, what do you do from that point on? Which is interesting. I mean, we're not going to talk about what you do from that point on in this episode, but like, that's one of the thoughts that a lot of our friends have been talking about and we have been talking about with them as well. So it's, it's very true. And now being like brand new in New Jersey, I'm finally like, this makes so much sense now. Like, yeah, I really get it. Yeah. So like that. And I mean, I would have thought of that as a type of religious trauma, but it really is because you will have to adjust your way of life in a very serious way. 
and and very in several ways that you just have to adapt to and it can be very hurtful and very painful and can cause you a lot of stress and anxiety and that is what religious trauma can be so we're going to dive into this a little bit more as we explore what exactly some of the symptoms and signs of of religious trauma are this won't be all of them but like like the main the main symptoms that you'll kind of face i guess um and then this one comes from um apricitybehavioralhealth.com, which is where they provide therapy for religious trauma. Um, so this can include um, some of the symptoms within like thinking, which can include having confusing thoughts, mainly about like facing the binary and realizing it's no longer a binary of what is black and white ver- and right versus wrong. It's no longer that crystal clear. Um, you can have disagreements with others in your community or religious teachings. You can have an inability to make decisions, an inability to trust yourself, and always seeking clarity, which I was just thinking about this, and I've been actually obsessed with this for like the last year, um, based on like the way everything has been going. Because in the church, I feel that you are expected to trust your leaders, to trust the scriptures, and to trust the spirit more than you're expected to trust yourself or your gut. And I've been trying to learn how to like listen to my gut and I don't get it. I, I don't because I didn't grow up doing that. And I've always sought understanding from outside sources instead, instead of from myself. And so that's been something that I've been trying to do a lot more with my faith um, is to be more intrinsic um, within myself instead of seeking clarity from everyone else. Other symptoms and signs can include certain feelings like depression, anxiety, grief, self-loathing, fear, poor self-esteem, certain issues with relating, which can include like isolating from other people, um, having challenges with relationships, having sexual difficulties, feeling and being emotionally stunted and with awkward behavior, being hyper aware and feeling responsible for others' internal state and emotions. Additionally, there can be cultural issues and signs, um, like how you might have the inability to find meaning and purpose in the secular world. Um, and then a few other ones that we pulled from woventraumatherapy.com includes impeded emotional, sexual, or social development. So you might feel behind or different from your peers. Other depression and anxiety and other mental health concerns related to the painful experiences within the religious community. Like we mentioned, poor decision-making skills about how like you might feel you need approval or help with decisions since your church or cult required you to abandon your own desires for membership with them. So that can cause a lack of self-confidence and self-esteem. Like you might have gotten messages that you were intrinsically bad or unworthy and you can't trust yourself or your instincts. And then finally, there's pervasive feelings of guilt or shame and difficulty forming adult relationships with anyone different from you. So some of those did sound repetitive, but like they just show up in so many different ways. That's really important that we can consider all the variations and signs and symptoms of what might be encompassed within religious trauma. The one that I think about the most with, at least with single adults, yeah, is the impeded emotional, sexual, or social development. Yes. That is the big one for our group because we are really <laughs> stunted in a lot of yeah. ways, socially, emotionally, everything, just because we're single adults in the church. Um, Okay, so now let's move on to the question of why am I experiencing religious trauma? There are many causes for religious trauma. The bottom line is if you've experienced religious trauma, you should just know that it's not your fault. The reasons why people experience religious trauma can include teachings that villainize and suppress normal developmental stages and individualized thinking. You could have experienced physical, sexual, and or emotional abuse. You were taught that you cannot trust yourself and feel helpless like we've already talked about. You could have been taught that any idea or thought that originates from you should not be followed because people are born evil and that followers are taught to obey and wait for information to be revealed. You could also feel that you were stuck in a double bind that was created with the concept of original sin as well as getting into heaven, meaning if you continue down the path that you're on, you're not going to be able to be with your family forever, those kind of threats. One example in particular is fundamental evangelical Christians teach their followers that they are inherently bad and they deserve to die. This indoctrination begins in childhood before a child has the ability to process these concepts, and so the imagery of fear and hell 
and the apocalypse is terrifying and it's also very, very real for them. So if they wanted to be able to escape these flames of hell, the people are taught to believe in God. And if something isn't going well in their life, which happens to all of us on a regular daily basis, even minute to minute during the day, honestly, it's due to their lack of faith. But there's no tangible way to gauge a person's amount of faith. It's very vague. Um, And then those frantic feelings and beliefs of being not good enough are born from this mindset, which we did talk about in our perfection problem episode. There are so many different reasons why you can be experiencing the trauma that you're experiencing in religious trauma. And a lot of it, like Kaylee has already mentioned multiple times, it comes from the unbalanced power dynamics of someone in power is trying to manipulate you into believing, conforming, or behaving in a certain way and doing everything that they can to make sure that you follow and you toe the line and you don't go over that line. There's a really fascinating article. I really wanted to talk about this article. Like if I could have quoted the entire thing, I would have. Um, It's from New Republic. The article is titled, Can Religion Give PTSD? In it, the journalist met with these therapists and these psychologists who specialize in religious trauma, and they got in, they got a ton of information from them. They also met with a couple of patients of these therapists and these psychologists who self-identified and said they were willing to meet with him and to talk about their trauma experiences, not just the experience, but how they're overcoming the trauma as a whole. And It was so fascinating to read this article, but also it hit very close to home because of how similar some of the stories were to experiences that Kaylee and I have talked about experiencing in the last few years between the pandemic, the elections, everything in general. Like it all just, it's all coming together. So it's wild. But the first quote that I wanted to share from the article is this. It said, For clinicians, it's still relatively new to see religion itself as a source of trauma in people's lives, according to Laura Anderson, who is a licensed therapist based in Tennessee. She said, Religion has been looked at as fairly pro-social or a communal factor. There were very little resources for clinicians and survivors. Anderson, who also grew up in a fundamentalist Christian environment, started to see more clients from evangelical backgrounds during the 2016 election and its aftermath. Before the election, many of Anderson's clients told her the trajectory of their church, including the growing support for Donald Trump, and it was diverging from their view of God. After Trump was elected, many young evangelicals began to leave their churches altogether, Denison University political scientist Paul A. Jupe, Jupe, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, um, who has studied the impact of politics on religious affiliation, estimates that over 20% of American evangelicals, or approximately 8 million people, left their churches between 2016 and 2020. The same year that Trump won, former conservative evangelical Blake Chastain created the hashtag exvangelical Twitter hashtag, which went viral and became a loose social movement of former evangelicals speaking publicly about leaving their faith communities. One of the most common things among everyone is they've experienced some sort of trauma, says Chastain, end quote. The article just gets wilder from there. So like we already see that I'm blown away by this. Over 20% of American evangelicals, 8 million people left their churches from 2016 to 2020. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. And it's because of that Trump dichotomy like that they were experiencing, which we have talked about multiple times. And then add on top of that, for years, literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of years, religion has been looked at as a pro-social communal factor in everyone's lives. So the idea of it causing trauma in people's lives has not been a thought really in psychology until more recently. And now they're starting to see what religion can do to people and how it can traumatize people in certain ways that we have just not talked about for centuries. That is really interesting. And I feel like 
one of the reasons I find this also so interesting is because America is, I mean, it, it already kind of like was set on the precedence of like that independence and not needing anything. It, we were supposed to be a melting pot, but in that it kind of became, and I feel like it's become more prominent is that like, there is very little focus on community because it's always focused on the self and everything. And so to me, because of that strength um, idea, um, not I'm not saying that it like went out and was played out very well, but the idea of like the separation between church and state made it so that the main community that most Americans have is within their religion, if they have one. And so the more people walking away, then it's like, where are they finding their community there? And I mean, I'm not saying any of this is like correct or anything. This has just been my thought process and my understanding of the mess that America is. Um, and in trying to better understand how people are operating here as opposed to other people, other countries where they have more focused cultures and ideas about society and how to connect and work with each other. It's also fascinating to think about, too, from our historical perspective, because our country was founded on religious principles like the whole reason people came to settle here was so they could experience freedom of religion. And and now it's a problem. <laughs> and now it's a big problem. That's a very big problem and it's causing trauma. Yeah, I had to like give, I couldn't say anything. I just gave you <laughs> yep. a look because I'm like, it's yep. just causing problems. I mean, to be honest, from what I've heard about the first settlers, that they were causing each other trauma because like we always like try to like celebrate them and everything like, oh, the first Thanksgiving. No, like nobody wanted them in Europe because they were mean. So they left. They got bullied out, basically, um, came to America, and it's been a and mess. And then they bullied them. each other and burned you at the stake if you believed differently from them. Mm -hmm. There's been trauma for centuries, and people just refuse yeah. to talk about it. But going on with the article, psychologist Daryl Ray founded the nonprofit Recovering from Religion in 2009 as a resource for people doubting or leaving their faith. In 2012, he launched the Secular Therapy Project, a database of nearly 500 vetted secular therapists who will not tell clients they just need to pray more. Oh. Ray, who grew up in a fundamentalist Christian family, said most formerly religious people who come to him suffer from the constraints of purity culture or a deep-seated fear of hell. He likens many of their symptoms to PTSD. Ray said, when you see a person with the same symptoms and yet they weren't in a war, they haven't been a in a tornado and they haven't been in a shooting, you have to dig a little deeper. With many people, when you dig deeper, you find it came right out of religion. A major complicating factor in the treatment of religious trauma is the fact that many evangelicals are taught not to listen to or trust their bodies. Trauma, however, lives in the body, and treating it is made all the more difficult when an individual must first regain a sense of their own bodily self. Evangelicalism encourages folks to exist primarily in their minds, in a world of thoughts, beliefs, and mental constructs. Thought control is often viewed as the solution rather than the source of its own suffering. Anna Sharp Williamson still carries the weight of purity culture with her today. Even though she now believes that women can and should enjoy sex, she's had trouble putting it into practice in her marriage. She said, hey, close the orgasm gap. I would preach that to my friends, but it took a long time for my body and my brain to actually believe that for myself, end quote. That was a lot of stuff that we just covered. So first, Daryl Ray, his nonprofit sounds incredible and like bless him for coming up with that because if you have not experienced LDS family services and going to therapy there, you will not fully understand. But yes, there are licensed therapists, there are licensed psychiatrists there, but they do work for the church ultimately and they are supposed to be pushing spiritual remedies for your problems as much as possible. And so the fact that he has created a foundation where people are specialized in helping people overcome religious trauma from a secular point of view and not from a, you just need to pray more or you need to trust that things will get better kind of aspect, that is huge because this will really help a lot of people. And like the example shared with Anna Sharp Williamson and purity culture and the multiple examples that we shared from our purity culture episode, 
it takes so much time to have your brain and your body work together after processing the trauma of constant repetitious teachings of bodily shame, sexual discouragement, and anything else that goes along with it to finally feel okay in your own body and feel happy with who you are as a person. Amen. When I was preparing for this episode, I was just like, trauma, like it's it's definitely real, but it's not as commonplace as I'm like, as most trauma might be or something. But the more that I've thought about it and the more we are talking about this, the more I'm realizing how prevalent it is. Like I can kind of point to just about any of my friends and I'm like, we've all had these issues. We've all been faced with these situations that are hurting us and continue to hurt us because people are going to say, Oh, they're just words. Oh, there's, it's just this. You don't have to listen to this. You don't have to believe this. No, it's, it's not that easy to just rip off or anything. It isn't. While yes, it is true that you don't have to believe them. You don't have to listen to them. You don't, you don't have to do any of that. But the fact is that these things keep being taught. They keep being pushed from either the podium or from classes or from manuals or home teachings or whatever. The cycle keeps happening because no one is addressing the actual problem. They're addressing the symptoms, but they're not addressing the root cause or investigating the root cause of this problem. And the problem, I really feel like the problem is what you've already talked about a lot, which is that power imbalance. The root of all of these traumas that we experience in religion comes from a power imbalance. It comes from someone saying, oh, well, I've been called of God, which means that everything that I say and do is endorsed by God, which means that if people follow me, they are following God. And that is a problem. That's not how it works, and that's not how God wants you to work either. And similarly, people think that PTSD or any kind of trauma-related syndrome can only happen if you've experienced a big, huge, life-changing traumatic event like you were a survivor at 9-11 or in Hurricane Katrina or you were caught in a wildfire and barely survived, like these huge, huge experiences when in reality, trauma can come from anything and it can especially come from things and teachings and sayings that are constantly cycling through your brain because that's what you've been conditioned to learn and to understand your entire life. Yeah. Trauma is like when something happens to you that you really weren't ready or braced for and continues to impact you negatively. Um, I mean, there's going to be other definitions, but that's the kind of way, that's kind of the way I began to understand it and understand the trauma that I've been through because I don't have a lot that I've had to like endure or anything. But I think it was like mainly when I was on a bus crash abroad and I had like issues with like being close enough where I could see people driving ahead of me for like a year. And I just couldn't, I had a really hard time with that. And that made me realize um, and open my eyes to begin to understand like what trauma is and how it can continue to affect people negatively and what can actually like be done about it and everything. So yeah, you don't have to be attacked. You don't have to be hurt, physically injured to be traumatized. And I know like it's turned into like a bit of a joke in the media and everyone's talking about all these triggers. And sometimes there are things that are kind of like a joke about that, but it really does come off base off real issues that we just kind of have to keep putting up with because in this day and age, no one's really giving us that many safe spaces to keep us safe or anything. Religious trauma is still very much trauma. Trauma is real. You should never like downsize or degrade yourself in invalidating the concerns and the feelings that you go through. I do want to share it. So there's um, this one great article found on Medium um, about backyard theology and why religious trauma is actually trauma. One quote reads, many folks are familiar with the kind of trauma referred to as shock trauma. This is the classic terrible event occurred, and now the individual is suffering symptoms because of what happened. We call it shock because it is a shock to the nervous system. It can result in classic post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, which includes flashbacks, nightmares, avoidance of things that remind one of the event, hypervigilance, mood issues, and so on. 
But there is another kind of trauma known as developmental or complex trauma. Sadly, this kind of trauma doesn't even have official recognition in the most modern version of the American Psychological Diagnostic Manual, um, the DSMV. But therapists certainly know better. We see clients who deal with this all the time. It is a complex trauma because the thing that occurred was often ongoing. No one specific event to think back on. The person has usually experienced multiple sources of trauma. And what really complicates matters is that it often is often even pre-verbal, occurring before a person has language or ability to consolidate memories to recall them explicitly later. Oh, okay. So that put everything into perfect words of what I was trying to say earlier, complex trauma. So it says that religious trauma is more than just sexual abuse in the church or being manipulated by a narcissistic church leader or being beaten as a child for religious reasons, though that is also religious trauma. Religious trauma can occur on such a subtle level that people don't even recognize it for what it is until they get out of the religious system. It changes the way a person feels about themselves and instills a deep sense of shame, fear, and uncertainty. It breaks a person's sense of trust in themselves. It can contribute to depression, anxiety, relationship struggles, and more. And it also says, which I really appreciate, in religious systems, we often internalize failures, blaming ourselves for what may actually be an environmental problem. Yeah, anytime you feel that you've done something wrong, it's always on you and it's not on any other system who might be the one telling you that you're wrong, even though that doesn't mean that you're wrong. The huge reasons that these traumas continuously happen with those power imbalances and the emotional, spiritual, physical, mental, every kind of manipulation under the sun, then we're never going to be able to get over these things or recover from them or move to a certain point in society where we can finally distance ourselves from causing trauma in the future to other people too. Yeah, we have to understand what is going on and be able to heal ourselves if we want to be able to help others. Um, I was just reading a story about someone whose personal story and personal issues were shared by their bishop during a like sacrament meeting once. And like, that's like exactly that. So that person's private story and their issues are being brought up. Everyone's learning about them. They're going to have their own preconceived notions about them of like whatever they've done wrong. And no one's going to look at them the same way. They're going to be judge they're going to be treated less than and that will affect their standing and people are going to say okay they're not righteous enough and that person's going to internalize and be like no i am not righteous enough i'm not this and i mean by the time if they end up believing then they're going to have internalized all these issues and think that it's all their fault when it never was like we're allowed to have issues we're allowed to have problems like this life is for us to like be learning and making mistakes and too easily, we can have very passive-aggressive wards and the LDS church just ready to pounce on anything that goes wrong. If you wear like a sleeveless dress to church even, like you can get treated differently and you can internalize that and it can create trauma Like if it goes bad enough. Yeah. One thing also that we should point out is that there was a quote from the previous article that says like, we don't want to say that religion is universally harmful and dismiss it out of hand as a whole. But like, we need to recognize that anything, I mean, when we're talking about religious trauma, really anything can cause trauma in your life. That doesn't mean that you cut that whole thing out of your life as much as possible and avoid it altogether because anything in your life can cause trauma. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways to face it depending on your preference. That's it. That's what I'm trying oh, to get okay. to. It's just, <laughs> no, you're right. No, that was perfect. Like you might not have ever experienced religious trauma in the LDS church and that's fine. Yeah. Like we're not here to tell you that you need to leave the church immediately because it's a trauma factory. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is kind of a trauma <laughs> factory, but we're not telling you to leave yeah. if that's not what you've experienced. But like the ways that you're going to recover from these traumas is going to be different for everyone. Some people are going to lean more heavily into their religion to be able to recover from this trauma. Others are going to distance themselves from the religion. But either way, like however you find works the best way for you to deal with this trauma is going to be the best way for you to deal with the trauma. 
only you can really determine what the best path is for that. Yes, agreed. Okay, yeah, and then, like, to go along with all that, I did want to just share one more quote um, from the Medium article that said, Many seemingly staple beliefs of Christianity, particularly evangelical Christianity, can be the cause of religious trauma. This can be a really threatening thing for believers to acknowledge because they have been taught that they must believe these things in order to be saved or have eternal life. But for other people, it is an immense relief from a lifetime of being gaslit when they can finally acknowledge that the essential beliefs are also really harmful. No, it wasn't just you feeling that way. You're not crazy. And I just really appreciate that because I think a lot of us do go through these issues. Whether we choose to stay or go from our faith, it's really important for us to acknowledge the issues that we do go through, the ones that we do experience, and to better understand them. That way, the better we understand something, we can understand what's going on with ourselves and find a way to address it, to find a solution that's going to work best for us, like you were talking about, whether we leave or whether we stay or just make a few changes in our life. Which leads perfectly into our next section, which is kind of about how to deal with religious trauma in your religion. For this section, we went to PerspectiveHolisticTherapy.com onto one of their blog posts from last year regarding healing spiritual wounds. In there, they talk about how raising questions about religion or discussing negative experiences within a church can be taboo in parts of society or in families due to cultural ideals and traditions. For individuals who have been harmed in the religious community, finding a safe space to process their experience can be a challenge. Individuals may have limited opportunity or ability to seek support from a mental health professional outside the community. Spiritual bypassing may also prevent meaningful exploration or growth from questions or doubts that may naturally arise regarding religion and spirituality. The term spiritual bypassing refers to the use of spiritual beliefs or practices to avoid dealing with painful or uncomfortable issues. That's a good word. Um, And as I was thinking about that, I haven't looked too much into this, but a lot of what I think the racism and the sexism that people face and the marginalization that people can face within their church can still fall under the lines of religious trauma because they're using their racism, their sexism, their homophobia as a defense of their beliefs. Um, They're using their beliefs as a defense for those horrible ways of thinking and being and being. Um, And that can cause religious trauma in people um, because then they're forced to be in a faith with people who think that they are less than for any given reason. And I just want to make sure that like we haven't directly address that but i want to make sure that that did that did get mentioned here today i like this last quote from that article too it says time and distance may be needed before the trauma can be fully acknowledged understood and processed a trauma-informed psychotherapist can provide a safe space that allows an individual to heal at a comfortable and non-threatening pace therapy may include discovering false beliefs and exploring inner truths the lies that originated from religious experience may be neutralized by peeling them away, examining them, considering their origin, and coming up with an alternative, empowering narrative. It is possible to reframe and reclaim spirituality as a positive, empowering, and fulfilling part of life if so desired. And I really liked that quote because it kind of addresses what you were just talking about, how I don't want to encourage anyone to just leave the church as like their solution for overcoming their religious trauma because that might not be the correct answer. And I'm not going to tell anyone to do anything that's not right for them. But I do like this proposed option of time and distance to work with someone specifically, not just like taking yourself out of the equation and ignoring it, spiritual bypassing, if you will, um, but like taking time away distance away so that way you can talk to someone who is an unbiased third party who is trained in examining things like this, helping you to work your way through the things that you've been taught your whole life, to re-examine those beliefs, figure out what you actually think about those beliefs, consider the origin, how it applies to your life, and then come up with a new way of looking at it and a new perspective that will help you to feel more fulfilled in your life. As much as I want 
everything to change within the church's organizational structure and the horrible history that we have with treating marginalized groups. I know it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but I know that I can take time to work with someone to re-examine the things that I've been taught. I can look at how I apply them to my life and I can reframe my mind around them so that way it not only fits my person better, but I can be a better person for other people so that way I can help be a change agent instead of just waiting for the change to happen. I like that. All right. So as we've talked about what the symptoms are and dealing with it and what it means for us, we do want to consider, can I recover from religious trauma? And what we've been trying to say so far is, yes, there are ways to do it. Um, So going back to choosingtherapy.com, they do reference that and provide a few basics like of the steps of how to start getting there. Um, This is in no particular order, um, but here are, here's what it offered. It says to recognize that it has occurred. So you need to be able to acknowledge it. Separate your personal values from your religious beliefs, which can feel very challenging, but it's very possible. Get connected to healthy supports and community. Um, So finding groups, however you can, finding the therapy that will work for you. You can explore what you believe and why you believe it. Create healthy boundaries and relationships. Identify your hopes for the future and know that you're not alone. From what we've seen, and we've talked about this a little bit on and off, is how we've known so many people, our friends and family, who are leaving the church on a pretty like frequent basis, like Tracy already shared numbers about how many people have left their churches in the last couple of years. And that's a really big number. And it's okay to go through your faith crises. And it's okay to decide if it is really time for you to leave the church or any religious organization that you might be a part of. That's okay. And you're not alone. There are so many people going through this. And there's no time frame on how quickly you have to do anything and figuring yourself out and facing your trauma and in getting the help that you need. And your spiritual journey is your spiritual journey. It's not for anyone else to dictate. Yes. So anyone who tries to tell you that you should be doing something differently or you should be behaving a certain way or believing in a certain way is just bringing negativity in your life that you really don't need. While Heavenly Father wants us all to return to live in his presence, he also knows that our agency is of the utmost importance. And that's why agency is at the root of his plan of happiness for us, because he wants all of us to make choices that will enable us to go back to be with him. And if part of your choices in those in this journey back to him involves you stepping away for a moment, do it. Do whatever you need to get yourself in the right spirit and in the right frame of mind and in the right everything so that way you can be the person that Heavenly Father wants you to be. We really don't have a good like way to wrap this episode up. There's no pretty bow to put on this. Yeah, because when we realize that we are facing religious trauma or trauma in any way, shape, or form, we desperately want to put distance between ourselves and the religion to sort ourselves out. But as we've already discussed, spiritual bypassing is not going to solve the problem. You have to address the actual cause of the problem. And so at this time, like we've already talked about before, Kaylee and I are not leaving the church at any time in the near future. We have discussed this many times. We are simply analyzing the things that we are experiencing and we're taking you guys along for the journey. And hopefully we're able to develop some sort of community out of this, of people that are all experiencing a similar thing and want to be able to talk to someone else about it without feeling like they're going to be judged for it. We are aware that religious trauma is a thing. We're aware that it can happen, especially in the LDS church, um, as well as many other religions, and they cause multiple problems for people. And it can take years to work through these problems and to work through this trauma. But we know that it's possible. And we also know that therapy is a wonderful thing. Everyone should get therapy. Take time assess your mental health, see an expert to do that, and learn for yourself what is the best path forward because only you can determine what the best path forward is for yourself and your own religious trauma. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. So yeah, we hope that you were able to learn something 
today, whether this was for you, for someone um, that you know who might be going through religious trauma and dealing with their own faith issues right now, um, we hope that you're able to find some peace and at least better understanding what this means and what can be done about it um, and how to find a way forward that will ultimately bring you more happiness. So we hope the very best for you and we hope you guys learned something. Last thing we will note before we let you guys go, um, we have our book club coming up. We are super excited. It's going to be fun. It's going to be ridiculous. That's what we're here for. Um, We are reading the book Lies Jane Austen Told Me. It is a proper romance. Super fun. (laughs) Super silly. Very light read. Very quick. If you don't even read the book, you are still more than welcome to join us. So you can you can sign up on our forms. Um, it's linked in our Instagram bio. We just want to have fun talking about something. <laughs> if you've already signed up, you can expect an email from us within the next week saying when we're going to have this and and the link to the Zoom. So yeah, anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for doing this with us. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.